listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Save the Marriage podcast, the podcast designed to help you save your marriage, really regardless of where it is right now. If you're at the beginning, this is how you save it from getting into trouble. If you've hit a hard spot, if you're sliding through your relationship and struggling through, this is how you restore your relationship. We talk here about mindset pieces. We talk here about strategies. We talk here about how to understand your marriage and how to understand the crisis so you can move forward. So what do you do when you've been trying to move forward and your plan hits the wall, that everything you've been trying seems to be coming up empty? Today, I want to talk about some reasons why that happens, why your plan might have hit the wall. More importantly, what you can do about that, how you can move through that. So first of all, let me help you understand why it's so important to even have a plan. Many people think that they can kind of just wing this process or that if they have thought through some of the things they're going to do, that's enough. I am of the opinion that you need to have a written down plan, a step-by-step plan that's very specific. And the reason I think that is really for three reasons. Number one, it helps keep you on task. I don't know about you, and, and let me just be honest. I'm not a list kind of person. I don't like building lists. I don't like making lists. I don't like following lists, but I know I have to. So I still make lists. I have a daily list. I use a process of journaling called the bullet journal. I also use my own Thrive journal to kind of keep on task for each day. And the reason is because it's so easy to allow things to get shuffled around. The Eisenhower Matrix, which is that process that was made famous in uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, says that there are four points on a grid – There are four different squares. So if you take a big square and you put a line down the middle and a line across the middle, you have four different quadrants. One of those quadrants are the important things and the urgent things. And they're the ones that are going to get your attention. You know, if someone is bleeding, that is both urgent and important. Then there are the things that are urgent but not important, And they often are other people's agendas, you know, the things that people say, hey, I need this right now, or I need you to do this for me right now. And those are often the things that are urgent because somebody else is calling for them, but they're really not that important. Then there's this other category, and that is the important but not urgent And unfortunately, what often happens in the process of working on a marriage is that's where lots of these things are. And let me give you another secret. That's where the relationship gets into trouble because the relationship is important, but until it turns upside down, it doesn't feel urgent. So then as you're trying to work back into the relationship, you're trying to save your marriage, what happens? Well, the urgent stuff, whether it's important or unimportant, often gets done, but the more important things of building the connection that aren't quite so urgent right now. I mean, is it urgent that you send a one-way text, for instance, right now? No, but it's very important. And so many times, if we don't have a list reminding us of what's important, 
then we get lost. What is a plan? A plan is basically a statement of what's important for you to work on, what's important for you to address, and how are you going to do it? So the plan helps you keep on task. Now, let me just say, it's not the importance of having created a plan, but of following the plan. Sometimes people will build a plan, stick it in the folder and stick it in a drawer and it never gets seen again. That is not going to help with this plan. This is an action plan. And so the importance of that action plan is one, to stay on task, to look at that and go, how am I doing with what I set out to do? Am I allowing my fears to get in the way? Am I allowing my frustrations to get in the way? Am I allowing the times I've hit the wall to get in the way or do I move forward? The second piece is that it gives you clarity. That's the second reason it's important. It gives you clarity, especially when times are tough. If you have broken it down into a clear plan, when times get tough, when you're tired, when there's pushback, when there's frustration, then you have a place that you can draw to. You can move towards that and recognize what you intended on doing, the clarity that's there. If you don't have the plan, you're likely not to have clarity around that. And then the third reason is because it helps you avoid mission creep. I see this on a regular basis when people start to work on saving their marriage And then suddenly I see their techniques begin to expand in other areas. I had somebody who contacted me and said, hey, I was doing your one-way text and my spouse is really upset. And so I, in contact with them, said, so read me your text. And the text was almost a paragraph with about three different question marks, which is no longer a one-way text. It was a text. It was just not a one-way text. But because they had not been clear in their approach, they had not been clear in their plan, they had mission creep. They kept allowing it to expand in different areas. And I've seen this many times that the mission creep begins to change how we approach this connection piece and how we approach the change piece until the mission creep has completely wrecked the process. So then there are some reasons that your plan might fall, and that's where we want to face that. Here's the first one. You didn't have one. That creates a plan fail. If you don't have a plan, you've already failed the plan. So the first reason a plan will fail is because there's not one, meaning Maybe you thought about it in your head. Maybe you have a few scraps of paper even, but you haven't sat down and actually created your plan. You don't have one. The second plan fail is you didn't follow the plan. You wrote it down and then you put it somewhere. And wherever you put it, that's where it sits. So it doesn't get your review. It doesn't get your look. It doesn't get your effort. So number one, you didn't have one. Number two, you didn't follow it. Number three, a plan fails when you don't shift. Now, these are different than when you hit the wall. (laughs) This is just out, out fails, right? So one of the reasons that plans fail is because you didn't shift the plan. The plan that you write is that plan for that moment. You have to pivot sometimes based on the feedback you're getting from a spouse, If you try something and you get some feedback, either way, positive or negative, you want to reflect on that and say, what does that mean about my plan? How am I going to move forward with this plan? 
So part of what happens is the plan is so inflexible that you can't take in the feedback and you can't deal with it. So your plan fails, hitting the wall because you didn't have one, you didn't follow it, or because you didn't shift, you didn't take in the feedback. Now there are some plan challenges to be aware of. Two big ones. The spouse avoids any connection with you and the spouse pushes back. So what happens when your spouse avoids? One of the things that I always talk about is in your plan, you should cover three different areas. The connection with your spouse, that's an important one. How you change yourself, that's an important one also. And the third one is how you create a new path. So connect, change yourself, create a new path. Those are the three uh, segments of your plan, the three elements of your plan that you want to make sure are covered in detail. So you break it down. And, and if you're creating your plan, so you'll have a plan. The first thing you're doing is writing down your, your connection pieces, how you're going to connect. The second one, how you're going to change yourself, how you're going to grow, expand yourself. And third one is how you're going to create a new path. How are you going to move towards being a we? Those are the three action elements of your plan. I want you to notice something. Sometimes the reach outs are pushed back on. So your, your spouse is avoiding you. But sometimes you need to look at how you're reaching out. For instance, a one-way text doesn't require a spouse to respond. Therefore, you're not looking for how they're avoiding your connection. You're sending out the connection. The same with several other techniques I use. It's not looking for the spouse to necessarily reach back. You're just creating reach outs. So if a spouse is avoiding, those are still possible. And if that's not the case, the other piece is in your plan, you always have a place to work on yourself, to be the best person you can be, the best um, in, in all areas of your life, so that when you can start bridging back to that connection, you are at your best. You are growing to your best self. So even if a spouse is avoiding contact, it's still possible to be working on yourself. It's still possible to be addressing that area because you always have control over how you're working on yourself. And you also have control on how you're reaching out. So if the spouse avoids as a plan challenge, we have some ways you can deal with that. Now, Another plan challenge is when your spouse pushes back. What do you do when a spouse is pushing back on what you're doing? That gives us some very valuable information, and that is that you're crowding the space. You don't mean to be, but you're crowding the space, and your spouse is creating a boundary to the space. Emotional space is, is kind of a, a, this idea that there's only so much emotional space in the relationship, and if you're pushing too hard, you're taking up more room than they're willing to allow you. I'll cover all of this. I cover it both in some trainings I've already done on my podcast. I also cover it in depth in my VIP program. Uh, but here, just to understand, if you, if you think about two fish in an aquarium, let's say there are two puffer fish in an aquarium. So you've got a glass ball and you've got 
two puffer fishes in that aquarium. If one puffer fish expands and pushes against the other, it kind of pokes the other. There's got to be room for both of them to be there, and that's the space. That's when a spouse says, hey, I need space. What they mean is not, I need you to stop all contact with me, but I need you to stop crowding my emotional space. Here's the problem. If you crowd emotional space, they'll look for physical space. And the more crowded they still feel, the more they expand that physical space. There are many divorces I watch that start because somebody feels the need to have emotional space and they finally feel a need to have permanent physical space. And that results in the divorce. So that is another place that you have to understand when a spouse is pushing back. It's not that it killed the plan. It's giving you feedback on how you need to adjust that plan. So what do you do with this plan? Well, one of the things I always think is that you need to start with your why. What is your why for saving your marriage? This will help you keep moving forward. If you were to sit down and you were to write all of your reasons for working on your marriage, maybe you come up with 10, 15, maybe 20. But if you went back and looked, you would notice that some of them are fear-based. I don't want is usually how those start out. I don't want to lose my kids. I don't want to lose finances. I don't want to lose part of my house. I don't want to lose part of my retirement. It's I don't want. That's, that's a clue that it's a fear-based. Then there are the more aspirational bases. This is what I would like, right? I would like to break the legacy of divorce in my family. I want to show my kids an intact family. I would like to prove that we can work through things. I want to honor my commitment. Those are the why-based, bigger ones that are aspirational. The fear-based ones, they'll, they'll kind of fall away. I mean, fear doesn't propel us very far into the future, but our aspirations keep on calling us. So you start with a list of your whys that are aspirational. These are why I'm doing this. And then you go into how you're going to, to create the connection. The whys keep you on track. They're why you do what you do. Then you address the three C's that I talked about earlier of connection, changing yourself, creating a new path. Those three elements have to be in a plan that's going to be functional. All three of those are parts of the formula for saving your marriage. If they're not there, there's a higher chance that it's going to fail. It's going to hit the wall. You need all three of those there. So what do you do at the end of that? The first thing is on a regular basis, you review your plan. First of all, to remind yourself of exactly what you're doing so you don't have mission creep, so you don't get pulled off task. But more than that, you're reviewing it to see if it still applies. There may be some things that change on that plan. There may be some things you say, well, I can't do that. But you may also say, but now I can do this. And so part of the review process is renewing the plan each time. So you review and then you refine. The refining part is saying this works, this didn't work. When I did this, I got this feedback. It is a purposeful process of beginning to transform your your plan so it grows more robust and more powerful as you go through. If you don't refine a plan, it grows stagnant. Then you do a reset that's when you dive back in. You know, if you've hit a wall, if you've been stalled out, the reset is the time to get going because it's followed with the restart. 
Reset says, okay, now here's my plan. I understand it. The restart is to now pick the actions to move forward with. So if your plan has hit the wall, look at it and ask the question, did you have an actual plan? I mean, a written out, fully formed plan. I will tell you, my VIP members have a fill-in-the-blank plan available to them because I know that this trips up lots of people, that it's a form that takes you step-by-step through creating that. I tell you how to fill in each of the blanks. It's not just blank pages, but I tell you, I walk you through that process. So the question is, do you have a plan? If not, you need to. Are you following the plan? Part of what can be helpful with that is coaching or accountability partners or other processes to make sure that you're staying on track and actually following your plan. The next fail you're dealing with that you didn't shift means you have to step back and really take in some feedback. Think about the reaction you're getting, the response you're getting. Now, what about your plan challenges? Well, it's the same thing. When a spouse is avoiding you still have the place to look at your plan and go, where do I need to work on changing myself? Where can I always go with that? If your spouse is pushing back, then to ask the question, where have I violated the space? How do I need to refine that in the space? Then you go back and you review, refine your plan, reset your plan, and then restart your process. Hope this has been helpful for you. If you need help with all of this, if you realize that you don't know how to put together a plan, grab my Save the Marriage system. If you already have that, that's a good time to get into the VIP program. But I'll give you a little secret. I give you access to the VIP program when you purchase the system and you say, yes, I want to be part of that. I don't force it on you. I don't trick you into signing up for it. I just say, here it is. It's a free week. If you want to, guess what you can get in that free week? The fill in the blank plan. You just have to sign up and get in there, use that, build your plan. Also, in the process, we offer a chance to have a best start session with one of my coaches. It's about a 15 to 20 minute session with one of my coaches. In that process, you can also talk a little bit about your plan. Now, 15, 20 minutes, you can't go in depth, but you can make sure you've got a good start on that plan. And if you need more help, we have that in the VIP program in one-on-one coaching with one of my coaches or even with myself, but you got to get started. And the place to start is savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. Don't let your plan just hit in the wall and fall to the ground. This is Lee Balkan wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.